I'm Jimmy James. I'm Carl Knapp. Carl is a practicing attorney in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. We're longtime friends, and once a week we get together to talk about divorce, child support, custody, criminal law, and much more. So come hang out, because this is Just Lawing Around. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Just Lawing Around Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about some courtroom craziness, not necessarily just in the courtroom, but, you know, I'm, Carl and I were talking a little bit, and I was like, hey, man, I'd really like to pick your brain about some of the crazy stuff that you've dealt with, some of the things you've seen, some of the nonsense you you experienced going on in your cases and people you've met. And, you know, it's no wonder you don't have a therapist for some of the stuff you deal with. But, Carl, I think this is a great way to, to let people know, like, you know, lawyers deal with a lot of crap and I know a couple parts in your life are kind of, there, there's some things going on that, man, if it were me, I, I wouldn't sleep too easily. But uh, tell me about yeah, it, man. Yeah. I know there's an article, you know, there, there was an article that you were in at some point about a case that you were very successful in. I'd love to talk about that. Uh, and, and a little bit of custody stuff too. But Carl, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, there's there's a lot of, a lot of craziness in my life, a lot of craziness in the courts I feel like things are actually getting worse over time. Um, you know, it seems like people are getting just less and less respectful for the court system. And I, I remember when you and I, when we went to court a couple of weeks ago, remember we were, after we, we had our case, we went out and mm-hmm. I think we went into some of the other courtrooms and we were watching like some guilty pleas and stuff. Right. But, but some of the, you know, some of the stuff and some of the way people behave in a, in a courtroom is, is shocking. We saw this one guy, I right? couldn't believe he it. was, he was in like shorts and a t-shirt and flip flops right? and flip flops, flip flops to go flip-flops. see a judge, <laughs> bro. Like and when I, I remember when I called you and I was like, Hey, all right, I'm coming to court. Like, what, what should I wear? I mean, I, yeah, my yeah. first thought was suit and tie. And you were like, no, 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 dress nice, but you don't have to dress that nice. Yeah, th- things have gotten a little more casual. Everywhere in the world, things have, have gotten more casual. But but you don't come to shorts. You don't come to court in shorts and flip-flops. I couldn't and believe it. Um, and this guy I, walks out of the courtroom and he walks down the street like clank, 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 <laughs> clank, clank. I'm like, are you kidding me, bro? Well, it was funny because years ago I had this client. It was a, it was a she was a female, and I have to try to say this politely. She was attractive, but she was very she had a very large chest. Is that the way to say? She it? was blessed. She was busty. <laughs> she was blessed. <laughs> and I had something with her, and she showed up with a very low cut top on and i was like oh boy this <laughs> oh my goodness and judges they do look at this stuff right yeah and and i you know i we went in and i think it, it may have been a trial list or something so there was a whole bunch of people in the courtroom you know so you know there, there, sometimes you go to these things there's 30 or 40 feet people in the courtroom so you know i'm standing in the back and she's standing next to me and we're kind of just waiting for our case to be heard right and Sudden, the court's crier comes over and says, um, "Your client has to put a jacket on." Oh my gosh! Like, <laughs> All right, I didn't I'm expect like, that. Yeah, I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah." The judge says that's inappropriate. She has to put a jacket on. Wow! So, and he actually had one of the, you know, one of the tip staffs. Uh, you know, they had little blazers, you know, that the tip staffs you would wear. So he brought it over, and he and she like literally had to put this jacket on to cover up. And wow. I was like, that's that was the first time. But he was an old school judge, and he had been on the bench a long time. And that's, you know, you don't show up to court like you're going out to the club, right? right. Like in a, in a mini skirt and, and a low cut top. So he must have seen her in the back and sent the tip staff over and said, hey, put a, uh, put, you have to put this coat on. All right, look, you know, I love, I love riding the edge of that line. Now, what if she would have been like, no, I'm not putting that on. You can't make me. What, what, what could potentially happen? Anything? I think a judge could find somebody in contempt of court. If you, there's something called 
direct uh, cr criminal contempt, which means if you if you do something that's offensive to the court, to the judge himself, and and I get it that this girl just had, you know, a, a big a big chest and and was not covering it up well. But like if you if you had something with the judge and you gave him the finger or something, they could hold you in contempt of court. They could right. put you in the bullpen, which is the little prison downstairs. They could fine you. They could do a lot of stuff to you. So I think if the judge said to her, "Cover up," and she said, "No, I'm not doing that," I think he he probably could have found her in contempt for not for not doing. It. I don't think he would have. He probably would have asked her to leave. He probably would have rescheduled her case and said, come back when you're dressed more appropriately. Right, right. But you could, um, you know, I, I think you could be found in in contempt of court if, if you don't listen to a judge's direction. That's ballsy, man. That's ballsy yeah. to walk in like that. Yeah, I, I, and there are, you know, and that that's, you see though more and more today, people just don't come... To court, I tell my clients, look, dress. I like, you know, you know, if, especially if you have tattoos, right? And I'm not, I'm not anti-tattoo, but if you're one of these people that has, you know, Satan's head on your arm, right, and right. a knife and, and a skull with a snake, right? Like, wear a long sleeve shirt, okay? Wear a long sleeve shirt. Uh, if you have neck tattoos, wear a, you know, wear not a turtleneck but a high neck shirt, right? Right. <laughs> wear at least pants don't wear sneakers don't wear jeans like it's a courtroom it's a profession i think people have to have to understand that i don't i think people don't understand they have no respect for the courts anymore and i think a lot of it is the judges have let it go uh, we we were talking a little bit of, off air about a situation i know you were saying where there's a case where somebody just keeps filing nonsense right they just keep filing yes. petitions yes. that don't have any basis well so, well just for context somebody came to me and they were telling me about a custody you know they have a custody agreement with their ex-partner uh and they're remarried now and the ex-partner keeps filing these nonsense contempts that that you know are not a violation of the custody order and it, it is really just this person is just jealous or upset or bothered by nonsense so she keeps taking it to the court to inconvenience this person at least that's what it seems that's you know that's what i'm being told and it does seem that way but you know and i was asking you like how many contempts does it take for a judge to be like listen stop filing this or or do they have to respond to all of them like it's it's crazy yeah part of part of the problem is that the judges they they have to I say they have to, they, they hear everything. So if you file something and you file and you say, okay, my husband was supposed to drop the kids off at 7.30 and he got back at 7.35. So that's a, that's a violation of the court order. He's in contempt of court. Right. I'm, I'm going to file a petition to hold him in contempt of court. So that's crazy. Yeah. People file For five this minutes. Yeah, for five minutes. And what you have to understand, con contempt of court is is a willful violation of a court order. I was going to say, there has to be intent with that, right? There has to be intent with it. It's not just you didn't follow the court order, because there could be a hundred reasons why you're five minutes late. Sure, absolutely. You got, you, you got traffic, yeah, your car broke down. Your you ride didn't show up, down. whatever it is. That's not contempt. That's not a willful violation. Right. Like you said, there has to be some intent, but people don't think of it that way. They just say, okay, well, he, he was five minutes late, so I'm filing a petition. So they file a petition, and then the petition gets listed, and you usually go to what's called a short list, which is a conference. And then if you don't get it resolved as a short list, then the judge has to have a hearing on it. Well, Such a waste of time. It's a waste of the court's time. And if I'm representing the party who's been accused of contempt, they got to pay me to do all this nonsense. Right. And what they always say to me is, well, do I got to pay you or is she going to pay you? Or is he going to pay you? Whoever filed the motion. And I always say to them, 
you're going to pay me. Right. Because <laughs> you hired me. And the judges don't do, they don't put, they should put sanctions on the people that file frivolous motions. But yeah. they don't. Right. Because they, you, you were telling me about something. And yeah, I, I'd like I, you to talk about that because we're not talking about just like, okay, somebody thinks it a couple times they're going to file contempt. Like, there's people out here this, doing it to a ridiculous extent. This happens all the time. I mean, I, I have cases going on now where this is happening. And usually it happens when somebody represents themselves. And, it, you know, it's called you, you, you're pro se, which means you speak for yourself. So you don't have right. a lawyer. Right. So what they figure is, look, okay, I know, I know my husband or I know my wife has a lawyer. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to file motion after motion after motion after motion. And I know he's going to have to pay his lawyer to review all those motions and answer all those motions. And it's going to cost him thousands and thousands of dollars. I think that's part of the strategy okay so so i'm just gonna inconvenience his wallet and his life (laughs) exactly i'm I'm just gonna i'm just gonna make you know because you know child support enough yeah a a living (laughs) hell so i was saying to you i i had one where the i represented um they weren't married but it was a father and a mother of a child a very young child and i represented the father for a while and the mother would file two or three petitions or motions a day. I mean, a day. That's she would insane. File. Most people don't even file that through the course of an entire agreement. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone she would file, I would usually answer and counterclaim. And then we would go to court and the judge would say, the judge would deny her motions. Say, I'm denying these three motions. And then what she would do, as soon as the motions were denied, she would file what's called a a reconsideration motion. Oh, my gosh. Which is a motion for the judge to reconsider what they just did, (laughs) which are almost (laughs) never never granted. Right. So she would then file a reconsideration motion. And then the judge would file, you know, deny the reconsideration motion. And then she would file another motion saying that she wants the judge to recuse themselves because the judge isn't isn't fair to her. (laughs) And then the judge would deny that. And then she would file an appeal for all these denials. And then the whole thing would go up to superior court. That is insane. It's it's mind-boggling. And this would go on over and over and over and over and over again. And I, I was just talking, eventually my client came to me and he was like, look, you know, you're doing a great job, but I can't afford you anymore. I can't, right. I, I can't afford to pay you. And I said to him, I get it. This is ridiculous. Like, it's not fair to you. The judges won't, the way the judges should shut this down is they should say to her, look, you filed, you know, 20 bullshit motions i don't know if i can say that yeah yeah, yeah. But, oh yeah you know. this ain't tv carl we don't have an explicit rating i don't think but, i mean i got a b yeah but B B S <laughs> motions right and then so you're gonna have to pay mr knapp three thousand dollars for wasting his time that's what they should do right they i agree with that they don't and you know, people come to me all the time and say, how do you stop this? How do you stop this from somebody just filing motion after motion after motion or contempt after contempt? And I don't have an answer to it. The judges have to somehow do something. They have to step in and and stop this. If the person has a lawyer, it usually cuts a lot of it out because they don't want to pay to do all these motions. Right. So if my client comes to me and says, hey, he was he was five minutes late dropping the kids off. I want to file for contempt. I'll say to them, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your money. Don't do it. Right. And if they say, well, I, I want you to do it. I want you to find him in contempt. I'm going to say, well, I don't think he's going to be found in contempt, but it's it'll be fifteen hundred dollars to do it. <laughs> See, and the problem with this is there's people out there who make it their life goal to inconvenience their ex so much 
mostly because they're not over the relationship. Mm-hmm. And they just want to cause as much problem and show like, oh, I still have control of you in some way. It's insane, man. It's like that, like 400 motions. That's insane. Yeah, I was before we logged. I looked on the dockets. I, th- I think the docket entries were something like 450 thus far. And I was, I've been out of the case for a while because I just couldn't. It, it, it's just an, it, it was insane the amount and i think i went to superior court twice on this oh my gosh when i was in it it's probably been it, it's probably been in front of every single judge in the oh, those judges probably the just county. know the name <laughs> yeah. no, I'm, I'm sure they know oh, Smith it. Said it again <laughs> sure and then i i think there was an order at one point that told her that she can't file any more motions <laughs> So, <laughs> is that is that legal? Like, can they do that? Well, well, then she said, "Well, it's discrimination." Right? Oh you can't, my gosh! It's a violation of my civil rights. You can't tell me I can't file motions because this is involving uh, me or my kid or See, something. And that's right? when they they should give you like ten free motions, and then after that, you have to start paying. Like, yeah, and, and the judges have to. They have to at some point award counsel fees to the other side. It it generally it won't happen, which is unfortunate. But you know, I I have clients that the, the other side is not represented, and what they you know, like you said, people are just whether it's the relationship they can't get over, or they're just so angry, or like I'm not a mental health person, I don't know, but they not only do they harass the other side, but then they'll they'll call the person's job right that's insane they'll write you know a letter to my client's boss or they'll write a letter to my client's mother or my client's brother or sister and this is stuff you've seen oh yeah yeah and then they involve the whole family and you know i'm gonna go to his boss and tell his boss that he's an abuser he abused me and i'm like well first of all i i don't whether he did or he didn't, he denies it. But getting him fired isn't going to help your case. Right. So you it's wait, so you've experienced this on both sides. I've, I've experienced it on both sides. I've had clients come to me and say, well, I'm going to report him to the IRS, right? Because he didn't, he, he, when we were married, he wasn't paying all his taxes. So I'm going to call the IRS and I'm going to have him thrown in jail. And I'm like, okay. Hold on a minute. <laughs> Back up a little bit. <laughs> he has a good job. He's making a hundred K a year. He's paying you support. What do you think happens if you go to the IRS or you go to his employer and he loses his job? Right. Like come your on, you're cutting off your own money yeah, flow. Goes, I don't care. I don't care. I wanna I'm like, okay, well and then, the, and then I usually say, Well, did you sign the tax returns when you guys were married? <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. Okay, so you're going to go to the IRS and tell the IRS that the tax returns that you guys have filed jointly for the last five years are all, <laughs> all, all fraudulent. That, and that you were that aware really? of it while it was happening. Like, yeah. Well, I didn't know about it. I didn't know about it. Well, I'm you like, know about it now. Okay. <laughs> right. So, but... but <laughs> You know, it becomes it becomes exhausting, and people that are listening, obviously, you got to stay focused on the issues because this stuff it will drive you crazy. Look, I've been doing it for 30, 30 years. It get it starts to drive me a little nuts. So I have people that will email me over and over and over and over again. Right. People I don't represent, and then I generally will ignore them because they can hijack my day. You know, they, can send, they can send me 20 or 30 emails a day. And first of all, it's not fair to bill my client for that. Doesn't, isn't there a line of harassment with that? At some point it could, at some point it, it could, but like don't, you know, those, don't you just have to send them a message back and say, I do not want you to contact me. I don't, you're, you're, you're emailing me too much. Please stop. And then if they I continue, usually, doesn't that become harassment? Yeah. It can be it can become harassment on some level though. But see if there's a if there's two lawyers 
the judges want you to talk, right? They want you to communicate because they want you to settle stuff. Sure, with two lawyers, yeah. Yeah. So if there's only one lawyer, then they kind of... The only communication is with the person, right? Correct. And if you don't communicate, nothing's ever going to get done. Okay. So, well, as a rule of thumb, I will not talk to somebody who's not represented. I will not, you know, on the phone, I've had people call me. I will email them and say, look, I don't talk to pro se people. Right. Because I've learned over the years that they're going to lie. Right. It doesn't matter what I say on the phone. They're going to go to the judge and go, well, Mr. Knapp told me that, um, you know, it was okay if I did this. Or Mr. Knapp told me that he was fine with changing the custody order. Or Mr. Knapp told me, yeah, I was right that my client, you know, that his client's not paying enough. So I never talk to them. I will will not. So you keep every, all communications documented through email. Right. In the the email, because if they, (laughs) whatever I say in the email, that's what I said. I'm not, I'm never going to be on the phone with these people talking to them because right. as soon as I'm phone with them alone, it's a problem. Yeah. No, I, tell, that's... I tell my clients the same thing. If you don't trust your spouse or your soon to be ex-spouse, don't get on the phone with them and talk to them. Now, now let, let's say they do get on the phone and talk with somebody and then somebody comes in and said, Oh, we have this conversation, blah, 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 blah. I mean, that's not true. So like how, how, can that be held against you without proof of what the conversation was? Or, or does it just raise doubt and in, an, in enough way that, you know, it may sway a decision or something? Well, it, it can be if, if two people are on the phone, if, you know, husband calls wife and wife says, Oh, you don't, you don't pay enough child support. You're, you're no good. And he's like, well, you know, that's all you're getting. You're not getting anything else. Blah, blah. And it becomes an argument. Okay. What's to keep what's to keep either one of them for saying from saying that well he he said he's gonna kill me. Right. So now you got a PFA, right? He threatened to kill me. Right. Well, so the thing with PFAs is that you know, and that's interesting that you bring that up because they seem to be only verbal testimony. You know, I mean I, I obviously they like to have some kind of backing evidence, but it seems like you can file a PFA, write a statement, and that statement to a judge becomes fact like you know what i mean at some point at some point you have to testify to it so you yes you can write you write it down you write it in your petition and then there's a hearing scheduled and then you have to testify to it right so if i testify that you know you called me up and you said you know i'm not getting any more support i'm going to kill you if you file anything else Okay, that's my testimony. He threatened right. to kill me. Right. And you're going to say, I never threatened to kill her. I didn't, I didn't say that. Yes, we talk on the phone. We were talking about support, but I never said anything about killing her. Right. Who's the judge, who judge going to believe? That's interesting to me because like a male or a female can walk into a court, request a PFA, file it, and based off of just that written statement, could potentially get a temporary PFA immediately put in place before the other person even gets a defense. They will almost always get a temporary PFA. And that's almost like, that's, always. that's, that's yes. crazy to me because look, I, I, I think if you need a PFA, I, I think it's a great service. I think it should be there, but come on, man, this is 2023. It gets abused. People go in there, they lie. You know what I mean? And, and innocent people will get one against them. I, I have, you know, I've had a, quite a few PFAs this year um, that have represented both sides on. And I would say the the defendants that I represented, I would say most of them- Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Defendants as in the ones being accused yeah, and getting the PFA correct. against? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The one that the PFA was filed against. Right. Okay. I would say that most of those people did not commit any acts of abuse. Just, just didn't. Wow. It's it's mostly yelling and even the petitions are so weak, you know. Right. He yelled at me, he screamed at me, he told me I was ugly and stupid. That is not fear uh, of death or serious he, bodily injury. No, he slammed the door and ran out. If all that's true, it's not a PFA. Right. But again, the judges are very hesitant to dismiss 
PFAs because they don't want, God forbid, they dismiss one and something happens to somebody. Yeah, but see, that's the other side of the coin. If they just, all right, even if they don't get a PFA, all right, no, scratch that. If they do get a PFA, that's not stopping somebody who wants to kill somebody from killing them. I absolutely, and I, I say that to my clients all the time. If somebody's actually is is hell bent on killing you, that piece of paper is not going to do anything. Right. If they're not worried about getting the death penalty or spending their life in jail, do you think they're worried about a PFA violation? Right. Six months. Right. <laughs> it, it's true. Look, some people. The, the good thing about having the PFA is that the police will act quicker. You know, if, if there's a PFA and the guy comes to the house, the police are going to show up and they're going to arrest you. It's called an ICC, which is indirect criminal contempt. It's a, it's a criminal violation to violate a PFA order. Right. But I, I get those things too, that the, you know, the, 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 PFA says that husband will not come to the house because wife, you know, wife's in the house. So the PFA says husband will not go to the house. So wife calls husband and says, uh, can you pick up daughter today at my house? I got to work. So <laughs> husband drives over, <laughs> doesn't get out of the car. Daughter comes down, walks down, gets in husband's car and drives off. And next thing you know, Guess what? He's getting arrested. She, call, she calls the police and says he was at my house. He wasn't supposed to be here. The PFA says he's not allowed to be at my house. He's not allowed to come to my residence. He just showed up. Well, you told me to show up. No, I didn't. I didn't oh tell you to come gosh. to my house. So it's it's exhausting when you're if you're going through this, you gotta really be you you gotta protect yourself in this stuff because right. people get sucked in. I get it. I get calls all the time where somebody says, Can you uh, I just want to go pick up my stuff? And then the one party says, Sure, come on over. And guess what? Next thing and that's you know, it. Next thing you know, right, you got a PFA against you. And you know what else? Like, all right, it's interesting because like with a PFA, it's against the defendant. So the plaintiff, right. like if, if it's a no contact order, you can't contact this person. If the defendant calls the plaintiff, that's mm -hmm. that defend the, the plaintiff doesn't get in trouble for that. No, no, that's not a violation. Is, it's correct. It's because it's not an order against the plaintiff. Right. So there can uh, be a no contact. I can get a PFA against you, Carl. You know, if you and I decided to get married, yeah, just, <laughs> I can get a PFA you. against you. Some relationship, but yes, it could go through. You could have a no contact order and a stay away from me. And I can call you every single day if I want to. I can go to your house if I want to. You could call me and tell me to come over. Right. You could, you could say, come on over. Uh, let's, you know, let's watch the football game. And if right. I'm dumb enough to do it. Because I could be arrested for that. I have people that do it and they go over and they say, oh, yeah, we, you know, we hung out. We, um, you know, drank some wine. We watched some TV. And then guess what? Then they start arguing. Right. And she calls the cops. Because she's got one up on him. She got that control. Right. And, 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 and he's in the house. So right. what the hell do you think is going to happen? Oh, my. It's, it's, it, listen, if you got a PFA, stay away from them. It's like... Yeah, I, I had a guy, he was accused of violating the PFA. You were representing him? Yeah, I was okay. representing him. What one, of the, what one of the violations was, and this was interesting, was he, there, his ex posted a picture of herself with their child. Okay. On face on Facebook, right? So I don't know. It's mom and baby, you know, baby's first birthday or something. Right. He clicked like. You know how you like it? Yeah. He clicked like. And she called the police and said that that was a violation. Oh my they god. To, they were trying to communicate with her. <laughs> Why are they even uh, all right? I got a lot of questions about that. But nevertheless, is that actually a violation? I don't, I don't think it is. I don't think it's communication. I don't <sighs> think it's contact. See, that, I, I that's don't... tough for me because what if he just goes through and likes everything every time she posts something? I mean, that, that's still him popping up. I don't think it is either, but I think that could be abused.
I, I think if if it's just her, I think it's different. Right. Yeah, I think if it's just her picture of just her, okay. But realistically, is this what we're trying to defend against? I mean, I mean that's true too. Yeah, like that's not okay. You're not scared for your life because he liked the picture, right? Right. And if he sends you a Facebook message, okay, that's communication. Sure. If he sends you a text, that's communication. If you're, you know, at baby's first birthday party and there's, you know, you and baby in front of the cake and you click like, is that a violation I yeah we're getting a little off track there <laughs> I, I don't think that's i don't think that's a violation um, are, are you able to say how that uh how that case went <laughs> it wasn't it actually was not charged the police i think were smart enough to not charge that oh one. good good so, that's good to hear so yeah, wait so, is, so do the police have discretion on that yeah the police have discretion because it's technically it's technically a crime Okay. Uh, to violate a PFA, it's a criminal act. Right. And the ICC so, is what you said, right? Y yeah. So, so the police charge it, and then the DA prosecutes. So it. wait. So if I understand this correctly, if you get a PFA, you get a PFA order from a judge. That that order essentially becomes law over somebody that governs somebody. So then, if they mm -hmm. violate that order and also law, then they're in violation yes. of order slash law, and it becomes criminal. Correct. Gotcha. Well, the, the, yeah, the part of the statute says that if you violate a PFA, it's a criminal act. So, right. So that that's a yeah. new crime being committed, which is why police have jurisdiction and, and discretion. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, and a lot of times it could be, you know, it could be you you have the ICC, which is a crime, and then you could have an underlying crime. So, like if, an assault or something like that. Yeah, if he right. comes over and punches her in the mouth. Now, now they're going to charge him with assault or and violating. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. And and violating the ICC. So, so it, if there's a violation of if there's a violation of the PFA, is there any hearing on that, or is that just you're guilty, you're going away? No, there is a there's a hearing, but it's it's, it's weird because it's supposed to come up in ten days after filing. It's it's pretty quick. Okay, and, and it's supposed to be. I think it's beyond a reasonable doubt. I think it's a criminal level. Usually, what they do is they roll them in all together. I, I was in oh, just like a whole PFA day, violation day, or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I I, the, I had done one a couple months ago. I actually represented the plaintiff, the female. But the the guy who he had he kept violating the PFA, okay, over and over and over again. So we would go to court, and it was like, oh, judge, we have two more ICCs against him, and then they would say, okay, well, let's add those to the list and stuff. They're usually not that. Most of the ICCs that are, are pretty stupid things. You know, he called. Um, you know, he sent a text. It's it's usually not new crimes, right? For the for the most part, but it, but this is still a violation, nonetheless. It's still a violation, and it could lead to somebody's emotional distress or you know anxiety or whatever the case is. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. see that. So I, I, this question has been on my mind for at least fifteen minutes, and I'm and I'm wondering, <laughs> throughout your thirty years of of practice, has there ever been anybody or any situation, scenario, person? that you've actually been in any kind of fear of after either representing somebody or representing against somebody. I mean, I'm, I would assume that not everybody that you're fighting against ends up happy with you. <laughs> that, well, that's true. I, I've been, I've been called some names like in court after, you know, I remember one guy, you know, he was, he was kind of an older guy and he, I cross-examined him pretty intensely <laughs> he got kind of, <laughs> i mean that's your job got, right <laughs> he got kind of pissed at me right <laughs> so he started he came off the stand and he started jawing with me a little bit you know, <laughs> you know he, he called me a couple of things and I, I you know i i view that as a compliment right like right. Oh, okay I, I tweaked him you know <laughs> yeah yeah if you can get a reaction out of somebody i could say a lot Yes. So I've never been, you know, there are some clients that, you know, I, I think when I'm in court, like I'm probably not as in tune as I should be. Like I was, 
It's funny because not too long ago I was in just, it was in domestic relations court and I was there and I represented the female and there was this guy there and he was, he was representing himself and he was kind of an angry guy. You know, he and he was kind of big, <laughs> and we were going back and forth. He didn't like me, and I was kind of tweaking him just to kind of piss him off a little bit. And you know, I was pushing his buttons, and I'm like, you know, why don't you work? You know, like he, he was like, oh, I only work for you know, I can't pay all this support. I only work you know six months out of the year. And I, did, did. I said, well, look, you got a kid, get another job. Right. I don't know why. You're- Working. Like you got to work, you got kids, and and he was getting pissed, right? <laughs> so long story short, you know, we we got the we got a pretty good order for support out of him, and as I was walking out of the courtroom, I'm walking like down to the parking garage, and I see the guy, and oh, he's man. walking. Yeah, he's about you know, he's about hundred yards behind me. You know? <laughs> You know, I'm in my suit and stuff, and I'm like, I'm walking, and I'm thinking, geez, like if I get to the parking garage, oh, that's a cage match, you know, <laughs> right? Right, this, right. This guy might, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm pretty aware of my surroundings and stuff, right? Like, I don't like, I'm always kind of keeping an eye out for things. <laughs> so, like, I, you know, I, I picked up my pace. I was walking. I'm not sure if he saw me or not. So, like, as soon as I turned the corner, I like jogged down the steps, like jogged down three flights, <laughs> and, like, ran to my car. And I'm like, look, I don't mind, you know, getting in a fight, but I want to see it coming. You know, Right. I mean? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I want to see it coming. <laughs> oh, my so, gosh. So, like, I, I ran down, like, I cut down between the aisles of the cars and I kind of, like, you know, crouched down a little bit. And I'm like, damn, well, for, like, wow. Because I, because he was, you know, he was kind of mad. And I'm like, you know, I, he could just kind of try to haul off and hit me or something. Yes. Yeah. So, but I mean, I, people I, are nuts. I, yeah. He, he went the other way. It, it was funny because the other, we were in PFA court not too long ago, too. And the same person? No, oh, excuse me. Same person or a different story? No, this was a different guy. Okay. And, and, we got the we ended up getting the pfa i I represent to wife and the guy went berserk um so he showed how he earned his pfa basically yeah yeah, (laughs) he was on this he got on the stand and i said look as soon as he gets on the stand the judge is going to know this guy's nuts right Right. he he was wild and he was cursing and and, on the stand on the stand and even the judge said a couple times like whoa 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 we don't we don't need to hear that right I mean, he dropped the N word. I mean, what? on the stand, and the oh judge was gosh. like, "Yo, knock, you know, knock it." The judge should have held him in contempt. But after we got the PFA, he started screaming like, "What the fuck? I'm locked out of my house. What the blah blah blah?" And like six or eight sheriffs, you know, there's always sheriffs in the court. Yeah, they yeah. came over. They took me and my client. And they go, "Yo, guys, can you go wait in that conference room?" because we got to get this guy out of here we're concerned about your safety so oh my gosh they, they kind of put us in a in a separate conference room and there was a sheriff in there with us and and then like four or five sheriffs kind of you know pushed him out and kind of took him down and was out this, you said this was recent yeah yeah i, I thought i remember yeah. you and uh the one sheriff talking about this when we went to that's court the, that day that's exactly i think it was the day before we went to court. Oh my god! He was the, he was the guy who went in the room with us. Um, you know the sheriff we met. That guy, right? Uh, I can't I can't think of his name. You know his name. I know his name. I didn't know if you wanted me to say it, but he's a great sheriff, man. It's John yeah, Foster is his name. Yep. Yeah. No, he took us in the side room and he was like, "Guys, just stay here." And then when we went out in front of the courthouse, the that guy, the the defendant, was still there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> They were like, well, wouldn't he be in violation? He's too close. <laughs> he was across. He was across the street. But I was the like, same thing. I was like, oh man, I got. I said to the sheriffs, look, I'm gonna walk down there to the parking garage. If if he come, if you see him follow me, come down, guys. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> because you know. Oh, that's sometimes, gonna be so nerve wracking. Yeah, sometimes they will escort you to your cars. Um, I, like I think they took my client to her car because right. I was more, you know, more concerned about her. Sure. Uh, 
Well, you're trained and you also got a license to carry. Yeah, I don't take my gun to court. I mean, people probably know I do martial arts, so I'm not like a total wimp. But, you know, as I said, when you're in a suit and tie and somebody, you know, cold cocks you or sneaks up behind you. Right. uh, You know, I don't. I, you know, I, I, I want to see him coming as I said, <laughs> but I've never, that's crazy. Does that stuff stick with you at night? Like, do you ever wonder like, you know, there's somebody creeping on me or something going to happen? Like I, I sometimes, you know, it's funny cause my secretary, a lot of times, or my, uh, my associate will say, Oh, do you, uh, you think so-and-so is going to show up? Right. And, I, and I'm like, I never really think about it like i you know I, I sometimes will really irritate people and <laughs> it, it, it's when they irritate me i irritate them back right if you treat me sure, with respect, i don't think you're an antagonist I, for sure i treat you with respect right but but you know i i think you were in one day and, when, and i think you were in my office and that guy kept calling me because, you know, we were petitioning to have him removed from the house. Right. I remember and that. He, and he was mad. Right? He was really mad. And my, uh, the girl I work with was like, do you, you think he's going to show up? And I was like, I, I get it. I mean, look, if you Google me, I'm not hard to find. Right? No, <laughs> I but usually, I will say every time I show up, even when you know I'm coming, those doors are always locked. So. I always keep the doors locked for a lot of reasons. That's one of them. <laughs> uh, I, I also don't want people soliciting, trying to sell me Verizon or whatever. Right. So. Yeah. But no, I, I do keep the doors locked. I should, you know, I should keep a gun in my office, but I've you never... Do. Um, they don't know that. But, well, I was gonna say, <laughs> I, sometimes it's here, and sometimes it's not. <laughs> Listen, don't you, you gotta, got like an don't don't you got an ammunition case behind you right now? <laughs> you you got to pick right. Yeah, you got to pick which day you come and get me. Because, <laughs> but, but no, I I've had you know some some verbal altercations. You know, I, I just feel like people are less and less um respectful you know they they will i i had a, a woman scream f you at me in the in the middle of a domestic relations conference which i thought was how do you not get a, it, like if I, I my idea is if i do that i'm getting fined or jailed right nothing happened to, i mean they, they, you know it's a domestic relations hearing officer and they're like okay okay calm down that, that's enough but she was really like f you you know because i was tweaking her again and <laughs> But that's, <laughs> that's tweaking her. I mean, look, if you're not making enough money, get another job. Is that really tweaking somebody? You know, right, right. Like, so, yeah. There, there's a lot of craziness. I got, you know, once I got kicked out of, I actually got kicked out of domestic relations because I, I represented this this woman, and she was she was really really volatile. And we were in domestic relations, and I don't know if you've ever been in there. It's it's about the it's a small like conference room, right? There's not a lot of room in there. Right. It's not like a courtroom. It's a little. Office. I don't recall. I mean, I I did some custody Probably. stuff with you when my daughter was first born. That was 15 yeah. years ago, and since then, me and her mom have been you know very stable and working together. So, no, I don't yeah. I don't recall it too much. So, yeah, they're just it's like a little conference room so it's you're sitting on top of people you're you're pretty close to people you sit across you know this little table but this that my client was wild and you know the minute she walked in there she started oh my god you you no good effing piece of you know and just cursed and screamed and i'm like calm down calm down relax calm down calm and you know the conference officer was like you know I'm slow to, uh, and she just wouldn't stop. Oh my you know? gosh! So they called security, and sec- the sheriffs came. <laughs> the sheriffs were like, "Counselor, you got to get out of here with your client." Right. And I'm like, yeah, "I'm leaving. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I don't care." <laughs> wait, so the, wait, her- I, I'm sorry. Did that was your client that was doing that? That was my client. Yeah. So they asked us both to leave. We had to. We had to get out of there. Oh my um, gosh! And we never had the hearing. I, and I'm like, she was stupid because she was going to get money out of the guy, but you know, she just couldn't. 
she just couldn't keep her cool and she was screaming like a lunatic oh my god and they basically escorted us out they're like you guys gotta go <laughs> like all right well i guess we're leaving um that's crazy so she's like she wasted not only did she waste money hiring an attorney but now she's wasted money by not receiving money because she couldn't act right when she was there to negotiate it right and and then i i think probably what happened is the thing was probably rescheduled which means we probably had to go back a second time right so she had to kind of pay twice to go back a second time right because you blocked uh, off that time regardless that time's paid for Right, right. I had to go. I had to show up in Norristown. I had to go to over there to walk over there with her. So yeah, I mean, I spent some time with her, and then she blew a fuse, and we had to leave. Oh my um, gosh! But you, you know, you see it the the em- emotions that that just take people over, and like you said, I don't know if it's it's relationship problems or it's anger or it's mental illness or whatever it is well that's that's what's scary man like when you when you're dealing with like a like passion and you know inner relationships like that that's nothing to play with because people's emotions are above law like i don't care what happens to me i'm going to fight for this you know and it's it's crazy it can be crazy you see it there's there's a lot and we should we should do a podcast on it uh, these how many times do you see people in the middle of a divorce or a custody case and they end up that killing their spouse right because the you're right the emotions are so high and the the court system just makes it worse well and that's why and, i feel like in those situations like that's why my question for you is, did you ever feel fearful? Because you're in the middle. Sometimes you're you're the reason that things are going worse for somebody in their mind. So would they target you or would they target the ex? You know, they may target both of us. I, I, I <laughs> yeah, sometimes it could, it could be. And I, I don't think about it that much, but you're you're right. There's a lot of crazy people out there and crazy people do crazy things right so yes there could be somebody who blames me for whatever for because they lost their case although it's look the lawyers the lawyers have a, a position in it but they don't make the ultimate decision i mean cases cases are basically won or lost on facts Right. How well you how well you present the facts and and whether the facts lie in your favor or the other side's favor, the lawyers just kind of get the facts out that help their case. So, if you're a rotten parent and I just point out that you're a rotten parent, you know, did did it did I win the case because I pointed it out or did I win the case because you're a rotten parent? Right. So, but but there are people that would say, well, you know, he he painted me as a rotten parent, but I'm not. Yeah, I mean, look, in my mind, uh, and I would never harm anybody, but in my mind, and this is not true by any means, if I kill an ex, I'm going to be in less trouble than if I kill a lawyer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, which is not true at all, but that's what my mind says. Like, <laughs> I think it's the opposite, actually. <laughs> People hate lawyers. Yeah, that's true. uh, It's one less. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you might be right about that. (laughs) Yeah, the 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 crime is probably eh, it's a lawyer. We're gonna mitigate it. We're not gonna give him that much time. (laughs) (laughs) We'll give him manslaughter. (laughs) Yeah, especially a bad lawyer. Like like I was annoying anyway. So, have you ever dealt with any bad lawyers? Like Ah, like like morally bad, like actually like just bad people. I have dealt with some, I have dealt with lawyers that are bad, bad lawyers, mm-hmm. which means they're not good at lawyering. Okay. Right. <laughs> That's, uh, like you're not getting, of, you're not getting, you're getting the off brand basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and some people I, I, I just, I deal with and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're, you know, they're practicing law. They, they don't know what the hell they're doing. Right. Some. I knew some lawyers that got in trouble, like that got 
disbarred um, for stealing client money. Oh my God. I, I didn't know. Obviously I didn't know. I mean, I knew them as a lawyer. Uh, it would be like if you found out tomorrow that I was doing something illegal for the last 20 years, I would think you'd be like, really? Like, oh my God, I never, never yeah, had Yeah, I would idea. never expect that out of you for sure. So there are, you know, there's people, there are lawyers that I've dealt with over the years that have got gotten disbarred right. for doing stuff, you know, either stealing client funds or doing dishonest things. Now, when I dealt with them, I didn't notice that they were dishonest or, or that i mean they right but they I mean, weren't I, robbing you correct and you're right and I, I would have no reason to know even like in the case i didn't find like oh they're they're sleazy they're not you know they're they're not doing what they're supposed to do or they're lying or they're making their client lie i'm sure there's a lot of that that goes on sure it's it's tough to say is it the lawyer or is it the client because look, I, I have clients that come in and I'm pretty sure they're not telling me the truth. Right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure when they come in and they tell me the story, I'm like, okay, I, I hear the story, but my mind, you know, my common sense is telling me there's more to the story than you're telling me. I, I'm not naive enough to think what you're telling me is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Right. Now, as a lawyer, I, I can't ethically, you cannot suborn perjury, which, which means I cannot put somebody on the stand and have them testify if I know what they're saying is a lie. Right. Right. So I, if they come in and they go, hey, Carl, yeah, I punched her, I punched her in the mouth, but uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to testify that she pushed me and then as I was trying to push her away, I kind of just hit her. I can't put that person on the stand. Okay. Ethic ethically, I have a problem because I know it's not true. Right. If they come in and say, tell me a story and I say, well, okay, if that's what happened, I can put you on the stand. Now, if they're lying to me, I don't know that. Right. So, So the difference is when you know if they're lying or not. Yeah, right. Yeah, if I clearly and and it's a gray, it's a gray area. Right. I, I and obviously you you know people lie all the time in this business. That's what they do. Sure. They they put their hand on the Bible, then they swear to tell the truth, and then the next twenty minutes is pure lies. Right. It's terrible. <laughs> so, it's terrible. And so people always say, well, "What about perjury? What about perjury?" It, it's not, it's not going to happen. Right. And, and I prepare my clients for that. I go, look, if you think for one minute they're going to tell the truth, you're naive. Right. I, I don't even know them. And I know they're not going to tell the truth. <laughs> if they tell the truth, we win. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so. If they tell the truth, you're not there. Like. Right. If, if they told the truth, we wouldn't be in court. Exactly. <laughs> so people are always shocked. Like, well, they're, you know, they're just going to say this, this, and this. And I go, well, no, they're not. Because uh, if they said that, we won't even be here. Right. It'll be a very short hearing. I said, you got to be prepared. They're going to get in there and just lie. And it, it's a shame, but that's kind of, that's the system. And the judges really don't do anything about it. You know, speaking of earlier, you said bad lawyering. It's like some people are just, just not good lawyers, right? Mm-hmm. When we, <laughs> I don't know if you'll answer this question, but when we went up against, uh, you know, for the body cam footage, <laughs> uh, what would you rate that attorney that you dealt with first? <laughs> I, in terms of his, well, there was a couple lawyers involved, so I don't want to slander all of them. Or well, we're not saying, yeah, we're not saying the business, the company, or anything like that. But I feel like that first one, you know. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I think it was not great lawyering. I think I think originally it was just very. I think we said in the other podcast it was just very unfocused, and and a lot of times you see that with younger lawyers, right. they they're, they're not really sh they're not certain what what the right answer is, so they just 
throw everything up against the wall. And you think that's an experience thing or is that a knowledge I, I think, thing? I, I think it's both. I think it's a combination. I think as you get more experienced, you realize, look, I don't, I don't have to make 10 arguments. Right. I, I can pick the two arguments that are the best arguments and make those. I may have one argument. I might have one very simple argument, but it's a good one. Right. That to me is, it, it's some confidence. It's some, you know, ability and it's some experience that they, people get nervous when they say, okay, here's the one issue because they figure if they lose that issue, that's it. They have nothing else. Right. But but raising ten issues, nine of which are are meaningless. I, I think when we went to court, you saw how quickly some of those were just cut through, right? Yeah, I mean, like so fast. Like they, right. they she didn't even really want to talk about them. Like, <laughs> right? The judge was just like, okay. So I don't think you do yourself any favors. It's it's a hard thing to do as a lawyer to say, look. I have one issue, Judge. Here it is. I, I I rise or fall based on that issue. Right. It, it's easier to say, "Well, I got these twenty things, Judge, and I hope you like one of them." Because <laughs> you know, if you don't like number eighteen, you might like number nineteen. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And I I think so. I I think in that case, I think they started with just everything, and then I think when they boiled it down to just a couple issues, I think they picked the wrong issue. Right. Is yeah, my... I, I mean, look, I think once they realize that they're, they're playing ball with somebody who knows how to play ball, <laughs> yeah. they realize, okay, we're going to have to put somebody, you know, a little more experienced on this. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's true. You, you have to, you know, you have to know what your issue is. And it's, look, sometimes you have a case that it's a loser. Some, I mean, there are cases that come in and, they're losers, right? Right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough case to win. And clients don't want to hear that. And and look, I'll still fight. I'll still argue. I'll make the arguments. But I'll be honest and say, this is a tough case. Right. Like, you, you're really running uphill on this thing. I don't know that you're going to win this. I'll make the arguments. But as you said, you get you people there's a certain set of facts you know if you if you're drunk and you're driving and you crash into the telephone pole and you get out of your car and you're slurring your speech and you know the cops come and you fail the field sobriety test and <laughs> blah 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 right and you got a 4-0 bac and then you go to the lawyer and you go hey can you beat this can you beat this case <laughs> that's right the answer is like, probably you're caught on camera murdering somebody. Hey, you think you can get me out of this? Like, probably not. <laughs> probably. Look, I'm good at what I do, but there's limits. <laughs> right. Probably not. You're probably going to get convicted of a DUI. Right. I know you don't want to hear that, but I got to work with the facts. These are the facts. Yeah, at least you keep it honest and straight like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's better than telling them, oh, no problem. We're going to get this this dismissed. Don't worry about it. The judge is going to throw it out. I'm, I, I know the judge is going right. to get kicked out. Selling false not, hope isn't going to get you anywhere. No, and then you're going to end up with an unhappy client. When they get convicted, they're going right. to be unhappy. I mean, and that's the thing. Like when, I, like when we went to court, I said, look, even if we lost, I felt happy with the service I paid for. You know? Cause I think, yeah, because I think we talked about it. And I said to you, it's not a slam dunk. Um, and I, I tend to generally undersell things and over deliver. Oh I yeah, no, we, we slam dunked yeah. that. <laughs> we do, well, I think we did slam dunk it, but I didn't want to tell you that in the beginning. <laughs> right. Of course. No, you manage my expectations very well for right. sure. Right. Cause I figured, look, I'd rather have you be happy than be like, Oh, well, Carl, you told me we were going to get everything and he was going to pay our attorney's fees and we were going to get right. it. And 24 hours then you even though we won you still would have been unhappy because right. i oversold it to you yeah so i i said look i think we have a good shot of winning it it's not 100 percent, but i think we have a good shot and then when we won it you were thrilled yeah oh my gosh i was so thrilled it's like <laughs> we've already done a podcast on this i could do two more on that but <laughs> you love it <laughs> i do i love it i think you did an absolutely awesome job and i'm telling you if we can wrap up here carl unless you got anything to say but i i think that you did an awesome job and anybody who wants to hire you i've said it in the last podcast they're going to get their money's worth 
you are going to work for them and that's that's priceless man and i love it and i think you did a great job thank thank you i feel like we got a good result i agree i agree and i'm very happy with the result and i would have been happy even if we lost because of your dedication and work ethic to getting that win or at least attempting to win for me but if you guys need a lawyer like that, listen to the disclaimer. All his information is on the end. Hire him and get a consultation in so you can see firsthand that he will fight for you. We'll catch you guys on the next podcast. The information contained in this podcast is provided for general information purposes only. It is not intended as legal advice or advice for a specific case or legal matter. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as an agreement for legal representation. This podcast and parties do not represent you in your particular matter unless there's an express written representation agreement between you and this firm. If you're interested in obtaining legal services, head over to cnaplaw.com or call 215-268-6333 and schedule an appointment today. That's cnaplaw.com. 215-268-6333. For more high quality music like this, head over to bensounds.com.